with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it's a Thursday edition of After 9, and we're trying to get back to uh, some sense of normalcy here on the After 9 program, and that will include uh, Neil Godbu in the uh, host chair on Thursdays. Unfortunately, he's not quite ready to resume his duties. He said uh, late this month or early October, we'll have Neil Godbu from the Prince George Citizen in the chair. So uh, it'll be me, myself, and I, plus uh, Echo on the board. Hello. And uh, uh, we're hoping uh, at some point that our, our friend uh, Daryl A. Bear will be joining yeah. us. Uh, Double un- dare Unfortunately, you, he had a date last <laughs> night with uh, Johnny Walker or Jose Cuervo or one of those guys and uh, is, was in no shape to come in this morning. So uh, maybe next week. In the meantime, we have some guests lined up for uh, today. We are going to be talking about uh, grandparents raising grandchildren later in the hour, which is an interesting topic. And uh, But to start, we have a, a, a new grandfather. Woohoo! Not raising a grandchild, though. In, <laughs> no, no. In, in, the, uh, in the studio this morning, uh, good morning, Major, right? It's now Major. Major. I can't get used to that. Major Neil Wilkinson from the Salvation Army. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yes, this new grandparent thing. Well, first of all, the major thing, I'm still adjusting to that. It's been well, a year. It, it's been I'm, a year now. It's okay. been a year, and I still call myself captain every now and then. Yeah. But now the grandparent thing. So all of my friends are just having a heyday because in Salvation Army world, when you become major, it means that you've been around forever. Right. Which means you're old. Yeah. And now that I have a grandchild, well, <laughs> I guess I'm getting older there, too. There so. <laughs> you're, you're filling in the uh, the requisitions. Yes, all, hitting all the tick boxes, yeah. and every time I hit a tick box, I get lots more white hair a little showing more. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's strange how that works, isn't it? It is. So, uh, Salvation Army still busy as ever, I would imagine. Wow. Yes, that's the understatement of the year. The way that we've uh, transitioned for COVID response has been huge, mm-hmm. um, and so that's one of the biggest changes that we're seeing. The um, we're still able to meet all the needs in the community, and uh, but what we're seeing is the way that we interact with every level of the community has radically changed. Right. So frontline donors, for example, uh, I mean, we're we're interacting with people that support us on a regular basis to say, you know, maybe you could consider an uh, instead of an in-kind donation to the food bank, thinking about a gift card or a cash donation. Because when we receive in-kind donations, we have to quarantine the incoming yeah. product yeah. long enough to make sure the vi- that any potential There's viruses no, die yeah. off. So it, it's just really raised the level of operations that we have to undergo at the food bank. And then on the thrift store side of things, well, we've invested in some sea cans because we have to quarantine everything that's coming in for the thrift stores. Right. And so we've got these massive sea cans all laid out and they go in there and hibernate until they're cleared for... Or, uh, processing in the main building. So lots and lots of changes uh, all over. I think the, the thing that's been toughest is the way that we've had to interact with our, our guests, our clients. Right, right. Because we can't, we, we can't have that long-term contact, face-to-face contact that we used to have, uh, of course, for social distancing reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's perhaps been one of the biggest challenges that we've uh, undertaken is how do we continue to be a compassionate support system in the community 
while still keeping everybody safe. So. Right. Uh, now, now, what about the store itself? You would have markers in there for social distancing and, and a limit of uh, number of people in at a time? Or? Absolutely. And that's all posted on our doors. And right. uh, what's what I find interesting is that we reopened uh, early in the summer. I, I think it was early in in. Uh, I don't remember the date, but we've been open for a few months now. Probably and back in June, I would think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And what's interesting is to see the number of people who come into the thrift store, not only just, you know, for thrift store shopping, because it's an awesome adventure, but uh, with so many other businesses that are restricted in their opportunities, the number of people that are coming just for the social experience in the in the store, right? So we're still observing all the social distancing and whatnot uh we we sanitize our stores top to bottom we have an air compressor that we use with a a paint gun Mm -hmm. to sanitize our shelves and our and our racks every day so uh you know it's a safe space as far as uh you know cross-contamination is concerned but the number of people that are coming to the store just because they can't handle being locked up in their houses or or socially isolated is absolutely amazing to me. So even in the stores, that meeting that emotional, spiritual need is still one of the high priorities of the of the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was a, a news story yesterday that I thought was very, very interesting uh, because we hear about new cases all the time. You know, X number of new cases in northern BC, and of course they're saying northern BC, so that's a wide area that we don't know exactly where they all are. Uh, But yesterday, uh, the citizen did have a story uh, indicating that there are currently 23 active cases in the northern health region. And that was down from 8 from the day before, so it looks like we topped out around 30, hopefully, it will start to recede and we'll get back down to the zero that we had a a couple of months ago and uh, can go forward from there. Um, Now, with COVID, you talked about isolation and you have the store, but also uh, the ministry aspect of the Salvation Army. That must come into play big time with people feeling isolated and lonely and 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 uh, uh, battling depression and that sort of thing from this and fear the, fear okay uh, depression is one thing yeah but the fear factor that's mm-hmm. out there is huge especially among the elderly in the community so i'm happy to report that during the the initial shutdown in march mm-hmm. that we were able to continue our spiritual services over at the church um we we had an online presence before covid oh, okay. hit so we had to close the church doors right. but that didn't mean that we weren't connected with people through our spiritual care yeah. ministries and so we've reopened our doors. Not not too many churches have done that yet. Right. We have a big enough uh, uh, sacred space in our church that we can um, keep people together in their bubble groups, their family groups, mm-hmm. and keep more than six feet distance between each person. And, uh, and, and we've gone to two services on Sunday. So we have a 10 a.m. service and we have a 3 p.m. Right. service so that the 100 or so people that normally attend Spread have the opportunity the to go between the two yeah, services. Yeah. 
And uh, what we've noticed is the uptake in the number of people that are accessing our online spiritual care ministries. Oh, yeah, for sure. Has, has, yeah. has gone through the roof, for sure. We've got people as far away as Ireland. Oh, wow. That are taking in our Sunday services, which must, is a deep must honor. Just, must just be the right time of day for them, I guess. It, it's got to be, right? <laughs> it's got to be. Well, check in with Prince George, because then I don't have to get up, <laughs> get up quite as early. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome to hear. And uh, that's that's one thing that I actually sort of experienced in a, in a different form is I actually went to a movie not that long ago. And same sort of thing at the movie theater is you reserve your seat online and then it uh, it it um, eliminates all the seats around you so they can only sell so many seats. But. Uh, realistically, not that many people go to the movies right now anyway. Exactly. But uh, same kind of principle where if you block off the areas properly, you can you can get a reasonable amount of people in, into a, a size of space like that. Well, and what's really interesting is that throughout human history, um, or at least church history, mm-hmm. the church has always been one of the places that people flock to yeah. when there are mass social, mass global things that affect people. And for perhaps the first time in history, the church has not been available the way that it has been in the past. Okay. So those uh, those emotional, spiritual supports that have been provided by the church in the past just aren't as readily available. I mean, pastoral visits. So um, I, I can't go visit my congregation members at home. Yeah. That's not safe. Um, I serve as a chaplain at the hospital. But even chaplaincy at the hospital, you have to be super careful. Um, and yeah, I, I, I always try to connect with people virtually rather than face-to-face yeah, because yeah. we've just got to be very careful about the potential for the contagion to spread, right? So exactly. the whole way that we think about the, um, how we connect with people has changed. And, and I think that's what's led to some of the fear and some of the depression that we're experiencing in the community is is just how do we move ahead and keep that human connection, but still be safe yeah. and, and make sure that people aren't being unduly exposed, right? And, and I guess that's the toughest part about it because you're battling fear and depression. And uh, while you can do that remotely to an extent, it's, it's just not quite the same as in person, is it? It isn't. Not even a little tiny bit, right? Um, uh, we, when, when, here's, here's one of the rea- other realities. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I've had to do a number of funeral services right. during COVID. Yeah. And I will tell you that um, when somebody is at their most vulnerable, when somebody is going through the initial stages of loss and bereavement and grief, yeah. and you can't reach out and put your arm around their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that human contact, that, that nonverbal communication is missing. Yeah. And that is what is adding the layers of fear and depression and anxiety and all the other things to how we interact, right? Telling a family, I'm sorry, but we can't accommodate more than 50 of your your closest ones coming together to honor your deceased Man. loved one. Uh, that's heartbreaking. It's yeah. absolutely heartbreaking, right? Uh, to tell somebody uh weddings that was another thing we've had to we've had to redo weddings and the, and the whole thing families can't get together and yeah. celebrate weddings right yeah my it, niece just got married and i think there was 
14, mm-hmm. you know, very, very small. And you had to, I didn't get an invite because mm-hmm. obviously they just kept it to the immediate family and that was it, really. And and no matter how much you try to uh, video in those experiences, it is not the same experience yeah. when you're watching something on TV in your home when you see your loved one getting married or your loved one uh, having their funeral service, right? It's, it's, it's a very different world and a very different experience for sure. So you've talked with, I imagine, a number of... Uh your congregation about that aspect of the current uh, pandemic and situation what kind of feedback do you get from them um for the most part what we hear is people are grateful for the effort right. that we're trying to put forward to stay connected and and so that, that that's helpful uh but we also when when you say it's helpful that you're reaching out to me uh, but then there's tears rolling down somebody's cheeks. Um, you know that you're missing the mark, right? And so, yeah. when 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 you become when you get into ministry, you don't do so for all of the superfluous things like food banks and not that food banks are superfluous, but uh, food banks and thrift stores and all those things. You get into ministry because you want to have that genuine heart to heart connection yeah. with people. And when you see, when you hear words that are disconnected from facial expressions or, or physical responses, and you know you're missing the mark, it's it's kind of it's really hard. And yet, we really don't have another way to move forward on that yeah, one, right? Yeah. I, even even if we were to go like full hazmat suits or that kind of thing, I don't think it would do. I don't think it would replace what's been missing through this COVID. Oh, response. for sure. I mean, full hazmat suits. <laughs> they really wouldn't be a personal touch at all. Not that at would, all. That, that actually would uh, probably scare them even more. I was going to say, I think it would make it worse yeah, for sure. Freak people out big time. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more. We're talking with uh, Major Neil Wilkinson here on After Nine. Thousands of years ago, a story began. I am. Story that will never end because this is the story of God's love for us. He has risen. He is alive. Welcome to the Lamplighter Classic Audio Series. You are there. Now you can enjoy this Lamplighter Classic. You are there together as a family. Lamplighter Theater, Sunday nights at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS FM. The Red Chamber Cultural Society is presenting a series of online sessions for female music artists. The 2020 Emergence Mentorship Program is led by women performers covering the skills and knowledge needed for a successful career. The next presentation in this series of free interactive workshops is Survival in the Modern World, Art of Business, Licensing and Beyond, 10 a.m. Saturday, September 26th. To register or for more information, visit emergencebc.org. The 2020 Emergence Mentorship Workshops through November 28th at emergencebc.org. Meet a group of Chinese seniors tending their community garden in the PTC podcast, Roots and Seeds. Available in English, Mandarin, and Cantonese, Roots and Seeds follows the seniors through a season of planting, tending, and harvesting during last spring and summer. Written and edited by Kathy Fang and Kathleen Flaherty, and produced by Playwrights Theatre Centre, Roots and Seeds, a PTC podcast, is available at playwrightstheatre.com. 
forecast from Environment Canada. Mainly sunny today, wind from the south at 20 this afternoon, a high of 25 with a high UV index. Tonight clear with fog patches developing overnight and a low of 8. For Friday, sunny and a high of 22. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George, this is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It's a foggy Thursday edition here on 93.1, and we have Major Neil Wilkinson looking outside. The The sun is starting to get through that fog, and, and yesterday we topped out at, uh, what was it, four, uh, 20, just about 24 degrees. It was beautiful. It was, I, I'm sitting there in my backyard in this heat, thinking, hold it, this is September. It's not supposed to be the dog days of, of summer in early September. Well, uh, although we haven't really had we, a summer, exactly. so you know what? This Bring is, it on. <laughs> this is the this is the make good yes. for all the wet, wet rain we uh, wet rainy ugh, summer that we had. It yes. Was, uh, but you know, I have to be thankful a little bit for the wet summer because that meant that it held the forest fires off. Which and and COVID it also, response and forest yeah. fires, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And and that was uh, sort of the blessing in disguise. There is that it made it a lot easier for people to socially distance because it was so wet that even going to the lake, it's like ah, I think I'll stay home this weekend. But picking up where we left off, yes. I think that's feeding into the potential for a very difficult fall and winter season in Prince George. Possibly. Because if people haven't, excuse me, haven't been able to get out and recharge and reconnect and uh, just have that yeah. that emotional mental break uh, because the weather hasn't been good and you can't go anywhere else. Right? No. So your options are pretty much camping or staycations, that kind of thing. If you haven't been able to recharge emotionally and mentally, well, I wonder what uh, other mental health issues we're going to be facing into the fall and winter. Um, so I think that's something that we need to be aware of as a, as a community yeah. is how do we support each other? You know, one of the things that I have been thinking about is how can we turn our social conversations into conversations about how people are doing with their emotional, mental well-being, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we have this, this nicety that we do in, in Western society and we say, hey, how are you today, right? That's just one of our things and we always say fine, which we often lie when we say we're fine, <laughs> right? But I wonder if there's a way for us in light of fighting the mental health issues that could be associated with a social isolation, how can we start turning those conversations into actually meaningful conversations yeah, yeah. to unpack better how people really are doing in these days? Well, one thing uh, that kind of lends itself to that is the fact that we've kind of slowed down a little bit due to COVID. So when you see someone in the store or wherever, you're more likely to take a little bit more time to chat, chat with them as opposed to just the, hey, how's it going? It's right? true. And and yet, it's one of those things, um, when you're in the store and you're you know, having a six-foot distant yeah. chat, and then a store employee comes along and says, yeah, you you got to move along, because yeah. you're, A, you're holding up the traffic flow, and, yeah. and B, you know, this isn't a social space. I, it, it's one of those things that uh, it, it's both a, a gift and it's one of those things that's making us rethink things. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about is the whole 
uh, bubble aspect. The, the, and this is what uh, Dr. Henry would would say. She she said earlier on is uh, it's 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 okay to have your little bubbles, and and then okay you can expand your bubbles. And I think we kind of got away from the whole bubble concept or or an under, understanding of what a bubble is, and the numbers went through the roof the last few weeks. Uh, but we have seen that bubbles work because there's two professional sports uh, leagues that are very successful in their bubbles, the NHL and the NBA. NBA had a couple of cases, but that was it. NHL not case one in their playoffs. So it shows that bubbles work. But how do you maintain a bubble? How do you how do you figure out, okay, who's in my bubble? And then if they're in my bubble, am I... Are, are, are they in other bubbles? You know, how, how do you figure that out? Well, and what we've been, so what we've been co- having conversations with our congregation mm-hmm. members is who is breathing your airspace right. on a regular basis? That's the question we ask. Um, so, uh, for example, uh, there have been a few of our seniors, they live in their own apartments, mm-hmm. um, but they regularly throughout the entire COVID response have been going back and forth to each other's homes and they've been able to maintain that as their bubble. Right. So, um, when they come to church, the great thing is, is we can put their chairs side by side because they're breathing the same air on a regular basis. Yeah. But then the other conversation we have is who else is infiltrating your bubble space when you're at home, right? So when you go grocery shopping, are you, are you letting somebody else into your bubble space? When yeah. you go to your physician, are you letting somebody else into your bubble space? And, and these conversations come up because um, churches are, are high on the list of potential contagion locations, yeah. right? And so that's one of the conversations that we have on a very regular basis is how are you still thinking in terms of bubble space and how are you maintaining those bubble spaces for the safety and the protection of your church family? So it's something I think that we need to have ongoing regular conversations about because like everything else, if if it's not affecting me, then we tend to be a little bit more lax on our protocols and our procedures. Yeah. But if it's front of mind thinking all the time, I think that really helps in in people understanding what their bubble spaces are. But um, so one of the things that uh, I've been letting my congregation know, I have to travel to Victoria on at the end of the month for a medical appointment. And uh, I'm letting everybody know that I'm going to be interacting with other people from other parts of the provinces. And I'm going to be very careful when yeah. I go. But then when I come home, I'm also going to be super yeah, careful exactly. as well because you just never know what I'm going to be exposed to when yeah. I have to go to the southern bits of the province. Yeah, it's all about uh, ha- taking caution, but not just that. Air circulation, also very, very important. And that's one of the problems we have right here with construction going next door. We do this live broadcast, but we have to have the, cl- the window closed because we can't these, hear anything. <laughs> these, we've got these big machines outside uh, pushing mm-hmm. dirt around. So, yeah, that's another aspect is is uh, air circulation for, mm-hmm. for areas that you're in. Well, and, and when I have to travel, one of the options was air travel. Mm-hmm. But the reason for my travel was because I'm uh, experiencing respiratory duress pre-COVID stuff. And right, so right. I'm going to see a respirologist and there's no way I'm going to jump no. on an airplane where we're circulating everybody else's air, whether it's through a filter or not, right? Yeah. So it's safer for me to drive, drive yeah. and, and, and try to 
just watch myself that way, right? But it's the same thing when we bring congregations together. So we've had our ventilation system, our HVAC system running the entire summer season right. just to keep the air moving, yeah. right? So uh, it's anything that and everything that we can do to be mindful of, of, of how we're sharing that space. And for older buildings like this where there isn't an internal yeah. system – it, it becomes that's, a very big challenge. Well, and that's that's probably going to be the biggest challenge coming into the uh, fall and winter season is for older buildings that you don't have that uh, built-in circulation system. You, once it gets down to zero, you're not opening those windows and doors on a regular basis. Exactly. So, I mean, some of the secondary precautionary measures that we have is in all of our ministries, and whether it's our, our social work or in our church ministries, you have to wear a mask. Um, yeah. So if you're coming to church and you want to sing hymns, that's great. Thanks for wearing your mask while you do so. Our platform, I noticed you've got some plexiglass up here in between the booths. Yes. And our, our church platform is all plexied up as well. So yeah. our music team, everybody's in their little plexi bubble, and it, it's cost quite a bit because I think um, I think anybody who had shares in plexiglass yeah, companies is doing before. really well. <laughs> Even better than uh, toilet paper companies yeah. at the beginning of the response, yeah. right? Before the pandemic should have bought big shares in yes. plexiglass big time. That's... But again, it's one of those things that we just need to be mindful of of, of our presence and, and what's happening. So I, I, I feel pretty confident that Salvation Army and Prince George yeah. has done really, really well. And we've done so at the recommendation of our regional and national offices. And so, yeah, it's a good place to hang out, I think. Yeah. And uh, the, the one rule that uh, I find is probably the toughest but easiest or most effective is, is the whole six foot. Uh, right from day one, Bonnie Henry has said, this is what you really need to be doing is making sure you're not within uh, six feet of other people and uh, at the beginning it it was very evident people were very very cautious about that and then as time goes on it seems okay less and less and uh, it, it's almost disappeared at this point which is a little bit concerning because as you said when we start closing up our buildings because of cooler weather yeah. and when we lose that vitamin d whatever limited vitamin d we've had yes from the sun um then that's when people's immune systems also become weakened as well. So I think I think the six-foot thing is something that we need to be super hyper-diligent about, especially if we're getting into exertion as well, because when we exert ourselves, we need to give even more space. So one of the things, we run a, um, a brass music program oh, yeah. pre-COVID. So we're thinking in October about experimenting with restarting that. But we want to leave 12 feet of space around each musician. Right. Because, you Love know, more when exertion you're... Exactly. When you're, yeah. Right? So so those are the kinds of things that we, I think we as people need to be thinking through is yeah. what impact am I having? Oh, for sure. Uh, you have time to hang around for 10 more? You betcha. Okay. We'll do another quick break and be back talking with uh, Major Neil Wilkinson from the Salvation Army. Never mind the hip check. Looks like it's time for a gut check. Western University, the Prince George Cougars, and the YMCA of Northern BC present Hockey Fans in Training, a free program for men 35 to 65 who love the Cougars and are looking to lose weight and get fit. Hockey Fit is a three-month off-ice program that promotes a healthier lifestyle. Go behind the scenes in the arena and receive training from certified Hockey Fit coaches. To join Hockey Fit, visit HockeyFansInTraining.org. 
the Indigenous Sports, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council has compiled a return to activity guide. The guidelines are based on recommendations by provincial and municipal health authorities as well as provincial sport and recreation organizations. iSpark continues to monitor the COVID-19 situation and will adopt the guidelines as required. For the latest version of the iSpark Return to Activity Guidelines, visit iSpark.ca. That's I-S-P-A-R-C dot C-A. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council. Move. Play. Compete. Hominika Art Centre is presenting Observatory by artist-in-residence Ragu Lokanathan. Available for viewing Wednesdays from 1 to 5. Don't miss the reception Monday, September 21st from 7 to 8. Ragu will also be conducting a workshop Thursday, September 24th from 1 to 4. For more information, visit Ragu Lokanathan on Facebook or email rlokanathan1971 at gmail.com. Observatory from Ragu Lokanathan, Wednesday afternoons from 1 to 5 at Amanika Arts, 369 Victoria Street. The Tourism Prince George Visitor Information Centre has reopened. Health and safety measures have been developed for the centre, including an occupancy limit of four parties or six individuals, limited gift shop inventory, and plexiglass barriers where physical distancing isn't possible. The Visitor Information Centre is open Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 4.30 and Saturdays from 10 to 4. The Tourism Prince George Visitor Information Center at 1300 First Avenue, reopened to serve you. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, so we're back. Uh, (laughs) A lot of discussion during the breaks, and it's always entertaining. We should go back to one of the discussions uh, with uh, Major Neil Wilkinson, the Salvation Army. The break before last, we talked about what denomination is the Salvation Army? That's, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the Salvation Army is actually its own denomination. We uh, became legal in Canada in May of 1908. Oh, wow. By special act of parliament. So it okay. wasn't just a normal incorporation process. It was actually a special act of parliament that recognized the Salvation Army officially in Canada. The Salvation Army began its work in Canada in 1882 in... London, Ontario. Oh. There is uh, a United Church on Dundas Street Mm -hmm. in London, Ontario. And you can go to this day. There is a stained glass window showing Jack 80, the very first Salvation Army person to conduct services on Dundas Street in Mm -hmm. London, Ontario, back in 1882. And it's memorialized in another church's stained glass window. Right. Now, that's the Canadian history. Yes. Does it predate... It does. And where, where's the roots where's there? Where's birth? Sure. So yeah. the we, we call him the founder. The founder of the Salvation Army is William Booth. Okay. He and his wife, Catherine, mm-hmm. uh, were engaged in ministry as Methodist ministers okay. in London, England. Ah. And uh, their calling was to minister to the socially depraved individuals of East End London. And... There was a million lost souls there that were, uh, yes, they had all kinds of social vices is what the history books tell us. Right, right. And so William and Catherine started ministering to uh, people in East End London, uh, England. And when they were brought to church, they weren't readily welcomed at the established church at the time. Right. There was a tradition in uh, most churches in England at the time called pew taxes. If you wanted to come in and have a seat in the church... You had to pay your pew tax. Oh. And, of course, if you are destitute, you, there's no way you're going to be able to pay your pew tax. So, 
they weren't really able to come to church. And so uh, the Salvation Army was birthed out of the idea that there was a need to provide religious, spiritual experiences for people who were getting their lives turned around. And so the Salvation Army was born. Interestingly, the term Salvation Army came into practice or came into play in 1878. Okay. So it was originally the Christian mission right. in 1865. And then in uh, 1878, uh, William was having a meeting with his staff and they were talking about a volunteer army, uh, a volunteer Christian army. Yeah. And one of the other members of his leadership team piped up and said, I'm not a volunteer. I'm in 100% in this Salvation Army. And so the 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 term Salvation Army came into play yeah, in 1878. Yeah. And then we adopted military structure. And from 1865 until 1911, when William Booth died, the Salvation Army moved from one man and, one, and his wife in East End London to over 97 countries in yeah. that very short period of time. Yeah, huge, it just quick exploded. expansion. Eh? It did. Uh, and that's one reason that I, I like to have you in on our talk show from time to time is that um, the, the whole um, working with the poor aspect, which to this day is still a very prominent part of, of the Salvation Army, isn't it? It is. It's, it's what we do. So, uh, yes, we are a church. Uh, we are a church first and foremost. We right. are here to meet the emotional and spiritual needs of people. But that comes secondary to uh, how we build relationships with people. And the way we build relationships with people is meeting uh, the needs of suffering humanity. And I like the way that the Salvation Army expresses meeting the needs of suffering humanity because suffering can take on so many different forms. Yeah. Right. So if you're impoverished, that is one form of suffering. But if you are a person of means and you need to have an outlet for the resources that you have to be able to better society, well, that's meeting the needs of suffering humanity as well. You, so we don't minister to just the down and out. Yeah, I, I use the term poor. Yes. But if someone is suffering from depression, they may not be poor. Exactly. And or if somebody is, you know, suffering from loneliness mm-hmm. and they need family, well, that's a suffering form, right? So, yeah. so where we engage people is where they're at. And right. um, our, our original motto was soup, soap, and salvation. So the idea behind the Salvation Army was uh, you can't hear about your spiritual needs if your tummy is rumbling. Yeah. You can't hear about your spiritual needs if your body is shivering because it doesn't have adequate clothing. You can't hear about your spiritual needs if you don't have a roof over your head or a place to lay your head at night, right? So meet the basic needs of people. And then in the course of building that relationship, if the other person is interested in hearing about spiritual matters as well, well, then we've already made that connection. And there you go. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a religious organization without cramming religion down people's throats, which is kind of why I signed on. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So let's uh, wrap up with uh, just a, an overview of the services and uh, where people can go to do. You've got uh, recycling, you've got the thrift store, you've got the food bank, you've got the church. Yes. So we're actually, there, there's two 
points of contact. Yes. It's, the church is at 777 Ospeaker Boulevard South, and services are at 10 a.m. on Sundays or 3 p.m. on Sundays. And then pretty much everything else is happening at 3500 18th Avenue. So that's kind of the hub for all of the social work that we do for the Salvation Army in Prince George. And there's a wonderful uh, phone number, uh, 250-564-4000. Pretty easy to remember. Mm -hmm. But we're also driving lots of people to our website, www.sapg.ca. And that's that's kind of our social online hub yeah. for all of, everything from our electric. We have an e thrift store, which is really cool. I, I, if you enjoy thrift store shopping, you've got to check out the e thrift store on www.sapg.ca because it's really cool. I, some of the treasures that that you can pick up there. Um, but then, so there's everything from our thrift store, uh, online thrift store presence to our, our church services. If you want to support the work of the Salvation Army, it's convenient to be able to make a donation online as well. So, uh, and we also try to disseminate all of our information through our website as well. Right. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Major Neil Wilkinson. Still I'm gonna, sounds weird. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to get used <laughs> to it eventually. Uh, the Salvation Army uh, lets you get back to work and uh, all the best. Thanks so much for having me. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is in the process of developing a return to activity plan. The plan will align with the guidelines already developed by Via Sport and will adhere to the provincial health officer's orders and recommendations. For now, the council's sport and physical activity plan will focus on community participation and training rather than games and provincial competition. Updated information will be circulated when available. Meanwhile, visit iSpark.ca and follow iSpark on social media to stay up to date with their current list of programs. Library users in the heart are able to return to the library as the Nichaco branch is into Phase 3. Limited browsing, limited access to computers and internet, and hold pickup service are all available with the Nichaco branch open Monday through Thursday from 10 to 6 and Friday from 10 to 2. The Bob Harkins branch has also reopened with limited service. For full details and to get access to a dozen virtual programs each week, visit pgpl.ca. The Two Rivers Gallery gift shop is once again open to the public, but with some changes. Located in the Canada Games Plaza, the gift shop will be open weekdays between 11 and 5, with the first hour each day designated for those most at risk of COVID-19. New protocols have been put in place, including occupancy limits to support physical distancing. The Two Rivers Gallery gift shop, now open weekdays from 11 to 5. For more information on planning your next visit to the gift shop, go to tworiversgallery.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly sunny today, wind from the south at 20 this afternoon, a high of 25 with a high UV index. Tonight clear with fog patches developing overnight and a low of 8. For Friday, sunny and a high of 22. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And next on our program, we have a lady that uh, is uh, in the midst of a project... Uh, on the phone is uh, Donna Eckert. Uh, good morning, Donna. Good morning. Uh, Donna, you are involved with grandparents raising grandchildren. Yes, the Prince George Grandparents Raising Grandchildren Peer Support Group. Okay, uh, explain a little bit about, uh, about your organization and what it is that you do. Well... We are a group that um, got together before COVID, actually, once a week, and um, just talked about the issues of 
grandparents raising grandchildren, and um, sort of were a support group for each other. Um, the, the idea that um, we've had to step up and look after our grandchildren for whatever reason, there's uh, could be a death, it could be um, um, mental health or addiction problems with our children. There's uh, there's lots of things, or a combination thereof of the mental health and addictions. And uh, how big of an organization is uh, is the Prince George chapter? It's not very big, but there are. Um, Groups all over. Parent Support Services of BC um, has lots of groups around BC. And I imagine this is a fairly important uh, support system because uh, when you get to the age of being a grandparent, it must be pretty tough, I would think, having to deal with a child again. It is. Um, different attitudes. Um, my grandson is older now, but um, to think about homeschooling a young uh, grandchild when you're raising them horrifies me. <laughs> I just, I, my heart goes out to every grandparent who has had to homeschool their grandchild. I don't know how they're doing it. No, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the project you've uh, you're under you've undertaken. You're actually building uh, a quilt. Um, about 2018, our group decided it might be nice to do something to show awareness for grandparents raising grandchildren in BC. And uh, it took a little bit of work and figuring out what we were going to do and how we were going to do it and. Last year on Grandparents' Day, which is the second um, Sunday of September, um, we were down at Paddle Wheel Park, and we had the start of the quilt, which was 36 squares. Um, We now have a quilt that is 72 squares, and... Uh, that was as of March, and I have another 12 squares to add to it now. Okay, and uh, what will you be doing with the quilts? What's the end goal? Uh, our end goal is to take it down to the government buildings um, around um, Grandparents' Day, September of uh, uh, 2022, and actually Grandparents' Day falls on September 11th, and um, we would like to just the government to know that, you know, we aren't getting the help financially. There is so little being given to grandparents raising grandchildren, and there are so many of us. Yeah, that's... Uh very important aspect of it is is awareness. Uh, you mentioned Grandparents' Day coming up on Sunday, this coming Sunday. Uh, what do you normally do to mark that occasion? We usually are at Paddle Wheel Park. Um, 
and at about 10 o'clock in the morning. But this year, we just, for the safety of the grandparents and the children, we've decided not to do an event this year. Um, that's why I thought uh, to get out there in the social media. We have a Facebook page for both um, the Prince George Grandparents Raising Grandchildren group um, and also for the BC Grandparents Raising Grandchildren Awareness Quilt. And just letting everybody know, like, you know, please pass the word on. Mm -hmm. Um, There's information on the Facebook page for how to do the quilt squares. Um, I can um, uh, be contacted um, through... uh, um, Can I give you my email? Sure. Okay, it's P-R-G-E-O... GRG at gmail.com. Okay, so PR as in Prince, yeah. and GEO as in George, yeah. and uh, GRG. GRG for grandparents raising grandchildren at gmail.com. Yes. Okay, that's it. And our. Uh, I'm willing to talk to anybody. I. I will give out a phone number if anybody uh, wants it through the email. Um, well, before we get to that, uh, let's just explain uh, other ways they can contact you. You mentioned the Facebook page? Yes. So uh, they would search for Prince George Grandparents Raising Grandchildren? Yes, and I'm just going to, I, it's PG. No dots with a PG right. grandparents raising grandchildren. Okay, so that's Facebook. Uh, did you say you have a website, or is it just the Facebook page? It's the Facebook page. Okay. Um, we looked into it, and we virtually have no funding, so right. we're doing things as easily and cheaply as possible. Yeah, and your contact information is on the Facebook page? Yes. Okay, so then let's uh, pass along the email address again and your phone number, and then anyone that needs any information or if they want to get involved in the whole quilt uh, project, they can contact you. Sure. So email again was? P-R-G-E-O-G-R-G at gmail.com. Okay. My number is 250 617-2622. And I'm Donna. Okay. All right. Thanks, Donna, for calling in. And uh, hopefully everything goes well with the the quilt. And uh, best of success going forward. Great. And thank you very much. Not a problem. We'll take another quick break and come back with more on After 9. Putting on a mask to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 may seem like a simple process, but there are a number of things to remember to ensure maximum effectiveness. Do not wear the mask under your nose. Don't wear a mask that is too large or too loose. Don't wear a mask inside out. Do not share masks with other people and don't reuse disposable masks. Also, wet or dirty masks will be less effective than clean and dry ones. For more health and safety mask use tips, visit ccohs.ca. 
Registration is open for this year's Healthy Living Leader Training Sessions from the Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council. The dates for the Northwest Northeast region are September 22nd and 23rd, with this year's sessions taking place online. Training is available to anyone who wants to deliver an Indigenous run walk or honor your health challenge. The Northwest Northeast region's Healthy Living Leader Training Sessions from iSpark.ca, September 22nd and 23rd online. Registration deadline is Friday. Nominations are now open for the Premier's Awards for Indigenous Youth Excellence in Sport. The award provides a unique opportunity to celebrate the outstanding achievements of Indigenous athletes who excel in performance sport and who are using those experiences to shape their future. Full details and nomination forms are available through ispark.ca. That's I-S-P-A-R-C dot C-A. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council Premier's Awards for Indigenous Youth Excellence in Sport. Nomination deadline is Thursday, September 24th. Spend some quiet time surrounded by nature and learn more about Canada's forest regions at Good Sur Nature Park. Located in Salmon Valley, the Good Sur Nature Park is a botanical conservatory featuring multiple walking trails leading by hundreds of botanical displays with signage and detailed information. Guided tours are available and admission is by donation. For more information or to book a group visit, go online to goodsurnaturepark.ca or tourismpg.com. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right. Got about uh, 10 minutes left here. So we have uh, time to chat a little bit about the goings-on around Prince George. And among the things that are happening, uh, we've been carrying uh, Spruce City Men's Fastball Action Thursday nights here on 93.1. Awesome. And uh, I've been hanging out down at the, at the ballpark as much as possible. Have you ever had a commercial burger? No, I haven't. You know what a commercial burger is? No, I do not. Well, you've seen commercials with burgers in them, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to the, the burger place and you get the burger and it never looks like the, <laughs> yeah. the burger okay, on the commercial. Okay, I have had a commercial burger. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I went, uh, the last week I went down there and I had uh, one of their cheeseburgers with all the fixings and I'm telling you, it looked just like a, a burger from a commercial. Oh, nice. It was that well done. Oh, so big. Like a big thanks and congratulations to Ray Ray Ghostkeeper and Bonnie McGlynn. They run the concession down there, and they do a pretty darn good job. I, I think it's the best cheeseburger in town. Anyway, so tonight uh, we have a big match. It's uh, the undefeated teams. They're doing kind of a triple knockout in the uh, playoff structure here. And tonight it will be uh, Falcon Contracting against uh, FFR Glass, the uh, Greys, as the A final, I guess it is, and then whoever loses will have to play again to finish everything up. Uh, The final is set for next Wednesday, uh, but tonight should be a a very, very excellent, uh, exciting game. That'll be a great night out. There's uh, lots of ball fans in town. Well, and and plenty of room down there, too. Talk about social distancing. Exactly. There's... huge huge stands down there at spruce city stadium so it doesn't matter uh how many people you're going down with you're going to be able to find a spot where you can be socially distanced from everyone to get out of the house and on top of it have a wonderful burger no for sure yeah and uh yeah that's tonight seven six thirty is the start of the game and we'll be on air 
at 6 with our post-to-post show followed by the play-by-play. And they actually have two games tonight, uh, 6.30 and then again at 8 or whatever the other one is finished. Uh, of course, you, you'll be uh, nice and toasty warm for the first game, but you want to make sure you have clothes to, <laughs> yeah. to, to cover up as the sun goes down. Because it, it, yeah. it gets cold pretty quick. Yes, it does. And hence all the morning fog, which is now burned off nicely. So... Uh, I don't know what the temperature is currently sitting at, but it's going to get going to get hot fairly quickly, I would think. That's uh, sure. Yeah. So other things going on. Prince George Symphony Orchestra. You were here yesterday. They had the yes, uh, individuals in. They're doing a uh, 50th anniversary fall season, which is nice that they were able to get something together. Yes, at the uh, Prestige. That's yeah, really wonderful. The new Prestige, yep. which uh, uh, from all accounts is quite an impressive. Um, resort now i yeah, guess yeah and spanky clean brand new yeah and uh their fall season is called bringing back the joy of music Excellent. and that is such a great title mm-hmm. because i we think really that's need it brought back. well that's i think one <laughs> yes. of the one of the things a lot of people have missed oh, it's driving is me insane. being able to go uh, especially in the summer in bc there are so many uh, music festivals mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we've gone the whole season with nothing yes yes barkerville was stating that they actually have a four o'clock show every day down there when oh, you're okay. down around barkerville they have some uh old-time musicians as well as a gentleman right. chinese gentleman who plays uh an ancient chinese mandolin well that's kind of cool them. yeah that's good to see they're up and running and doing quite well uh so details on the pgso season you can get that on their website pgso dot com far out got any apples in your backyard uh no crab apples yeah. well that's apples yeah that's apples yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess so <laughs> are they falling off the tree <laughs> and yet saskatoons actually oh yeah um no they're just ready to drop so i was yeah. going to try and hang some sheets and kind of shake them loose and ah yeah if well there's so a neat, neat trick and, yeah if i weren't so labor intensive i'd want to make some wine or yeah yeah well uh speaking of which if you have a lot of apples in your backyard and you're not going to use them all up mm-hmm. northern lights estate winery yes. is collecting those apples and they do have crews as well do they not to go uh to well northern bear cruise? awareness right. has crews if you're not able to pick okay. the apples yourself mm-hmm. uh they can send out uh, a crew to get those apples from your trees for you uh, they, the Northern Bear Awareness also, uh, I believe uh, someone was on yesterday Dave, from yeah, them. Dave yeah, Baker, yeah. And they also have their fruit exchange online. Truly. So this is for people that are looking to get rid of fruit free of charge mm-hmm. or are looking to get some fruit free of charge. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not a, a pay thing. But if you have fruit that you just want to get, a, you know, whatever the fruit is, truly. you just want to get rid of it. You go on to the Northern Bear Awareness website, which is northernbearawareness.com, and they have a little uh, web or uh, fruit exchange there, which I think is really just uh, uh, hooked into a Facebook posting type thing. I believe so. So yeah. you can post what you need or what you have and, and get rid of it that way. I've been hearing it's a really great year for plums because of all the water that we've had. So yeah, I would imagine. And I, a friend of mine well. ha, was up at Summit Lake. He said the the uh, blueberries mm. were just enormous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Saskatoons this year were yeah. pretty big as well, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of all the water we had, I guess. The the mix of water and sun, because yeah. there was enough sun to, to make them 
sprout up as well. I so, wonder if they were as good as uh, last year's farmers market reported that they had just bumper crops last year. Oh yeah, they had quite a bit of rain, but uh, there was like a lot of yellowing and whiting of leaves and stuff on a lot of plants. I noticed this year, and someone said huh. that was from too much moisture. So yeah, yeah, I'm that's uh, uh, a little bit more damp than we needed, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, one final thing we should pass along is uh, the Amanika Art Center is up and running yes we had uh, an announcement just uh, earlier this hour uh, about uh, two rivers gallery open Excellent. well so is Amanika art center uh, and they currently have uh, observatory by ragu lokanathan he is the current artist in residence and they are viewing now this is the difference between two rivers and an Amin- and Amanika. Amanika is only one day a week and that is Wednesdays from 1 to 5. You can stop by and uh, check out Ragu's uh, artwork. Excellent. Well known as a singer-songwriter, but uh, he's uh, taken up uh, pen and paper, I guess. I haven't quite seen his work, but... Uh, and you better uh, doing, get down there and check it out. Doing though, the visual arts <laughs> these days. And Omnique Art Center at, at uh, 369 Victoria Street. Yes. So right downtown there. It's a great little center. So that'll do it for today's program. Uh, tomorrow is Friday, which means we have uh, we will start with CBC's front burner, followed by the Friday panel. A big thank you to Major Neil Wilkinson for stopping by and filling us in on the Salvation Army goings on, and thank you to Donna uh, Eckert from Grandparents Raising Grandchildren from here in Prince George. If you want to help out with her quilt, uh, her number is two five zero six one seven. 2622 or you can email prgeogrg at gmail.com so until tomorrow After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbue of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.